right? We got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. That. We don't got time for that. Right? Let's go. Break it. Break it, Glenn Cross. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Hey, what's happening? Welcome into another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk. We are brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery. I'm Derek Johnson with Nick Springer. Hello. Whatever are we going to talk about on today's show? Dude, that's um, a good question. I mean, nothing's going on. There's no stories. There's no anything. Just a, a regular day full of no, nothing. No, very much not uh, a regular day. I would yeah, love I a regular day where we could talk some more KU Oklahoma State and talk some <laughs> KU football. It's pretty much going to all be IARP. We're going to cleanse the palate a little bit. We'll have Florida Man Mad Libs. We might get into some of this Arterio Morris affidavit stuff because that looks really bad. We'll get into that at some point. But we have a ton of audio from the IARP. We're going to get more audio. There's going to be a live press conference. We're going to carry it for you at 4 o'clock with uh, Travis Goff, Bill Self, over at, uh, I guess, Allen Fieldhouse or, or in the press conference area or something that they're going to be uh, speaking to the media. So plenty of audio and plenty of discussion about this IRP stuff. The IRP ruling officially came down. This ends a six-year run of it really was waiting run. for something to happen. It really was a run. It was a run. It was a long run. Six <laughs> years is a long time. Nick, do you know that David Beatty still had another year ahead of him? <laughs> As the head coach of Kansas back in 2017. Yeah, no, I loved, I loved seeing people talking about all the things that have happened uh, since the IRP investigation started. I have a friend who, uh, I saw, I have a friend who was like, I met and married my wife in this time period, like since, since, since this has begun. Yeah. So just a, an incredibly long, laborious, uh, annoying, uh, in, some, in a lot of ways, stupid... Uh, ridiculous, uh, just just uh, cost of, cost ineffective. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think of more supportive to give this thing. Just a, a process, yeah. That took a uh, finally ended in a way that I don't know. I guess we kind of expected. Right. I don't know. I mean, nothing really too crazy. No, uh, I, I mean, I, I, there I, was I, certainly no like there was certainly no like blockbuster discoveries uh, made sure. by the and there and there has been some reporting on it about how. Kind of the IRP was frustrating because there was a lot of duplicate effort on in terms of like what they were trying to investigate and yada 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 and some clashes with the NCAA on their their investigative policies and blah 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 and uh, then you get this yeah so uh, the official ruling is out and basically there's some nuance here I did see some people be like oh this is just a slap on the wrist I don't think I think it's more than that and I think some of the people saying that Pat Forty is a clown dude Pat Forty uh, we know yeah, this so. This whole situation kind of got uh, uh, got underblown almost. Yeah, got kind of uh, because Pat Forty in... posted the first story on Sports Illustrated and basically said that like Kansas got off scot free, which was incorrect. It was true, and a lot of people ran with it. I, I saw yeah. it too, and you know I kind of ran with it too. Uh, the truth of the matter though is they are getting some real punishment here. They're not future punishments, so that is the positive. And a lot of the self imposed punishments that you did last year are being accepted, and they're not adding to it. So there is some positive there. There's the positive that you're finally out of this 
black cloud of the IARP and the NCAA case hanging over your head, whether it's in recruiting or just waiting for a decision to come down. That is the good news. The bad news is there are some real punishments as a part of this that the Pat Forty article on Sports Illustrated did not share. So again, I I highly recommend do not read the Pat Forty article. He's a clown. (laughs) Uh, Read any of the other sites. Anyway, um, here is the self-imposed penalties from last year that they accepted. Financial penalty fine in the amount of $5,000 plus 1% of its average men's basketball budget based on the average of the men's basketball program's previous three total budgets. Reduction in men's basketball scholarships by a total of three over the course of the 23-24, 24-25, and 25-26 academic years. Well, they're getting all three Which, out of the way right I was now. About to say, yeah, they're doing all three right now, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, reduction in the total official visits permitted in men's basketball by a total of four over the 2022 to 23 and 2023 to 24 academic years, with the option of reducing visits by any combinations, i.e., four in one year, three in one, and one in the other, whatever. And that, that's something that's kind of hard for us to track, but yeah. we assume that they've done that. And they have two top 30 recruits, and they might get another top 50 recruit tonight, so I think yep. they're going to be just fine. Uh, a six week ban on recruiting communications with all men's basketball prospective student athletes during the 2022 to 23 academic year, a six week ban on unofficial visits by men's basketball prospective student athletes during the 22 to 23 academic year. Those things already happened. Uh, also, 14 day reduction, number of recruiting person days during that same academic year. Again, that's concluded. And the men's basketball staff was prohibited from hosting any official visits by men's basketball prospective student athletes during. During 2022 late night. Again, that was last year, so that stuff has concluded. Those were all the self-imposed punishments from last year. Those things were accepted, well, and they didn't the, add on to did it. Did you mention the suspensions? Yeah, the suspensions with Bill Self yeah. and Curtis Townsend. Both were suspended four games last year at the beginning of the year. We know Norm Roberts filled in, and they still won like the Champions Classic and stuff. They didn't add on any more to those. They knocked down some of the level one violations being level twos or level twos and level threes. So that stuff stayed the same, if not got better for you. What did... I guess, get thrown out your way. Kansas, and this is the big one, the vacation of team and individual records. This is directly from the, uh, the I guess, the piece here. Yeah, they sound like a, what? The, the, it's it's like 162 a, pages. Say, yeah, it's massive. Yes. Kansas shall vacate all regular season and conference tournament wins, records, and participation in which men's basketball student-athlete number one, which I'm like 99% sure that is in reference to Silvio de Sosa, yeah. uh, competed while ineligible in the 17 to 18 academic year. Now, you were talking to me about this off air, and I've, I've seen a lot of people post this on uh, social yeah, media. I, I think there might there was yeah. some confusion there, and I, I was I was even confused about it when I first read it because I, I guess I didn't remember right, but I was remembering that I thought the whole per- the whole reason that KU wasn't playing Silvio is because they wanted to make sure that this didn't yes. happen. But what actually happened was I think people are are misconfusing things in their mind. Silvio joined midway through the semester. He, so they, he didn't. What, he played and then they took him out. No, no, no. Yeah, well, sort of. Yeah. So he didn't play in the first semester, and they got to midway point in the semester, and they're like, "Hey, we're playing Clay Young against Syracuse." I remember that. Silvio yeah. de Sosa, you're committed for our team for next year. Why don't you graduate early and come join us midway through semester and give us another body? So that's what happened. So Silvio joins midway through the semester. They play him. Um, they end up going to the Final Four. He obviously plays well in in you know the Duke game and, and in some of the Big 12 tournament games and stuff like that. Um, then what happened is he was declared ineligible during the following season, during the 18-19 season. And then he was declared eligible again. After he was given like a two year like ban or something yeah, like that, yeah, they yeah, reduced yeah. it to one year, yeah. and then he became eligible again. So and then obviously the, the confusion there, played. I think, was that people were probably and even we're even putting myself, the two together. Yeah. yeah, even myself was thinking, wait a minute, you sat him out 
so that this wouldn't specifically happen, but they, it was referencing the previous year. Correct, correct. So uh, that, that's what happened here. And to be clear also, I know Henry Green signed. Well, we're going to share Q&A audio. He asked a question about um, is this just for the 17-18 year or is this for all the years that that basically Silvio competed in? Which, and they said it was just 17-18. Which that part makes a lot of sense yes. because how could you – How could the NCAA declared him fine. Right. And then, so how could you retroactively then say actually no? Yeah, so, so that, from the that part, part actually makes sense. From the point that they declared him fine, it's Which, fine. Listen, I got to be honest with you. Not, there's a lot of points in here that don't totally make sense. Sure. That one, that one actually makes sense. So there you go. Uh, okay, here's here's what else. If men's basketball student athlete number one participated in any NCAA postseason competition at any time while the student athlete was ineligible, Kansas participation in the postseason can. Contests in which the ineligible competition occurred shall be vacated. So that means all of their NCAA tournament wins will be vacated. Um, that also means all their Big 12 tournament wins. It's not going to eliminate every win of that season because, again, he didn't play in the first part of the year. I actually saw somebody point this out. I think it was Talking Hawks that said uh, it actually is going to raise Bill Self's uh, win percentage <laughs> because they went like 15-5 and five with Silvio and his career win percentage is actually higher than that. So that's kind of funny that how that works. Uh, the individual records related to men's basketball student-athlete number one's participation while ineligible should be vacated. So basically his stats go away. However, the individual finishes and any awards for all eligible student-athletes shall be retained. So basically what that means is like Devontae Graham was a first-team All-American. He yep. gets to keep that. That makes sense. Right? Any players who are in all-conference all or put up uh, like Devontae Graham's all-time assists, numbers, or whatever, like yeah. those get to stay. Okay. So those do, do get to stay. Uh, Kansas records regarding its men's basketball program as well as the records of its head's men's basketball coach shall reflect the vacated records and be recorded in all publications in which such records are reported. So media so, guides everywhere you reference it. So the big thing there, obviously, is you vacate those wins, and right. Kansas, who as of, as of earlier today – was I think eight wins ahead of Kentucky in the all-time wins. Now they're behind it by seven. And now they are behind. Yes. So that's certainly weird. And also it's going to be weird which, because... Listen, Kentucky sucks and KU's going to pass him again. So it's actually even better. You get to pass him twice. Yeah. You get to pass him again. Well, it's it's very interesting too because I don't know if this puts him behind, but if you remember last year he passed Didn't Fog he? Allen or something yeah. like that? Uh, yeah. In I total wins? That. Yeah. And it was like a celebration? Are they just going to redo the celebration if he passes them again? I don't know how that works. So, yeah, you lost wins, and that obviously, like you said, puts you behind Kentucky, puts you into number two. Um, any institution that may subsequently hire the affected head men's basketball coach still similarly affect, reflect the uh, vacated wins and everything. Um, and as, obviously, we don't have to worry about that. Yes. Any public references to the vacated records shall be removed from the athletic department, stationary, and banners displayed in public areas. So... I have heard some people just be like, just leave the banner. What are they going to do? And, you know, I don't know the answer to that because the IARP is going away now that this case has happened. What if you just left the banner? What are they going to do? Like, is the NCAA, the NCAA are they going to come out and be like, now I, you're banned from the postseason? I, I don't know. I don't know. Or Maybe would they, they like, physically come down and be like, we are taking this? <laughs> <laughs> Mark Emmert's, like, climbing a ladder. <laughs> or whoever the new president is. I forget yeah. who the new president is. No, what is. they should do is all of the executives in the NCAA, they should just stack on top of each other's <laughs> like heads. Barrel of monkeys. Yes. Try to yes. get up there. Yes. They fall over. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that, that'll have to be gotten rid of. I think it'd be funny if they, uh, this is just me trying to take a light, I don't know, approach with this. Uh, you know how normally you have, like, you unveil the banner. When you win yeah. a championship, it's like, oh, we're, we're going to the first game. We get to unveil the banner. Yeah. They should do a veiling of the banner. They should rip the 2018 off, throw it into the crowd. Some lucky crowd member gets a great piece of memorabilia. A, a banner dropping, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, but in, in the wrong way. Um, so anyway, uh, any trophies awarded by the NCAA and the affected sport program shall be returned to the association. Okay. Uh, the institution's media relations director must contact the NCAA and, and let them know which games um, basically they can't do. And so as part of this, 
That means that everything that happened in that 17-18 season by the end, so not just the wins, it means you're vacating the Big 12 regular season championship because of that, which that was the one that gave you 14 straight, I believe. Okay. Which was, was, was the NCAA record. Yeah. I think 13 tied it, though, so I guess technically they'd still be in a tie for it. If I'm if I'm correct on that, I guess that just means you need to start a new streak. You know, start start a new streak. Maybe motivation there. Uh, but anyway, so that means you'd go down to 13. It also eliminates the Big 12 uh, conference championship or tournament championship. I don't think people really care that much about that one. Uh, it gets rid of the Big 12 championship, or, or I'm sorry, not the Big 12. It gets rid of the Final Four and those NCAA tournament wins, and um, it. I, I guess also gets rid of this is something I asked during the Q&A, which again, we'll get to that audio here shortly. Um, I asked, does this get rid of the appearance in the 2018 NCAA tournament? The answer, yes. So that means technically in the record book, Kansas didn't appear in the 2018 NCAA tournament either, which means their streak of whatever it was, because I guess the streak goes back to 19, uh, 1989 would have been the last year they didn't make it. So 1990 through 2017 would be their official streak, which would give them, what, 27 years? And now instead of it being 30-whatever years, it's now just like four years or something like that. So um, when when they show on Selection Sunday and they always show that graphic that's like, yeah. here's the teams with the longest streaks. And it's Kansas at the top. Kansas always. always at the top. Now that's no longer going to be the case. the case. There is some, uh, I don't know, uh, equilibrium in, in the fact that the two years now that Kansas has yeah. missed the NCAA tournament are both well, from NCAA. It, like, the thing about that is, like, is anybody going to really care about that? Mm-hmm. Or is anybody going to really be like, well, I don't know, Kansas didn't make the tournament in 2018. Like, yes, they did. Yes. <laughs> like, you can't, you know. Yes. So, I don't know. I mean, and so I don't this, really care about that. This is one of those weird things. I, I'm sure if you're a fan, you're like, I don't care. I saw all this happen. I have my 2018 Final Four t-shirt. I have my memories of watching Malik Newman just crap on Duke and be awesome in the NCAA tournament. I have all my great memories of Devontae Graham and what he did that season and how you felt after the Duke game. Um, I guess it'd be good if if now, technically, you can say we didn't have to suffer through the Villanova Final Four Yeah, because yeah. Uh, that technically didn't happen. So <laughs> how about that? You only lost – it was 0-0 to Villanova. <laughs> Suck it. Um, but no, I mean – it, it's one of those weird things. Like, if you ask Louisville fans, none of them are like, no, we didn't win the national title 10 years ago. Yeah. I know the banner doesn't show it. I know technically when they are showing graphics and different historical stats. And maybe 20 years from now, when we look back, you know, you're you're not going to know the context or you're not going to know the notes, the yeah, asterisk I mean, as much. But the biggest annoying, I don't know, man. People still remember the it. The biggest annoying thing is, like, let's say Kansas does start another postseason tournament streak of, like, 20, 25 tournaments consecutively. Yeah. Then it's like, well, technically, you made the tournament, you know, fifty years in a row at that point, but it does. It's not going to reflect that. So, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of go back and forth on how much it really, right. that stuff really matters. Yeah, to it me. sucks like, from a a standpoint of, like I said, in like thirty years, when you look back, and to your point, if you have a twenty five streak of the NCAA tournament, you know, Kansas fans will look back and probably be like, yeah, well, it should be this. But from national perspective, people are going to forget that this yeah. happened twenty five years ago, yeah. and they're not going to know the context to it, right? Yeah. Instead, someone's going to be sucks. like, "Wait, how did Kansas miss right. the tournament twenty eighteen? Or like wow, the context really bad that year. of what's just tossed out there when they're like, "Well, North Carolina and Kentucky have this many Final Fours. You have this many, even though we know there should be one more." From a national perspective, you're not going to get the context there. So it does matter, and it does give a hit a little bit to the program. But from the fan perspective, from what you enjoyed, I, I think it should go the opposite. If the NCAA is telling me that the 2018 tournament never happened, 
when I clearly saw it did. You know, I paid and and I, I paid a couple hundred bucks for a Final Four ticket. Do I get the money back? Because if it never happened, where did the money go? That's what I want to know. Give me my money back, man. Yeah. Um. So yeah. it's 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 a big deal and it's not a big deal at the same point in time. But I will say, resounding win that you avoided a postseason ban. Oh, absolutely. Because if you were to if you were to say that you had the option of either having a postseason ban but keeping the 2018 everything that happened versus losing the 2018 stuff but not having a postseason ban, this is the one you would choose. Yeah, I mean, you're going to be going into the season as one, uh, you know, the number one team in the preseason poll, right, with an absolutely loaded team, tons of talent, and in a position to probably go get another national championship. And that would be miserable, right, if you, you know, because I go back to, like, Oklahoma State had their postseason ban, whatever, a couple years ago, right, but they, they weren't even that good that year. Like, I think they would have made the tournament, but it's not like they were, like, going to be a high seed. Like, who cares? But for Kansas, in this case, it would have really, really sucked because you would have gone out and been one of the top five teams in the country and not been able to be in the the postseason. So you're absolutely right. I mean, that was probably bullet number one on terms of things that you wish didn't happen would be a postseason ban. So the fact that you clear that hurdle, fantastic. And I think going forward, I mean, let's let's just put it this way. Now that this now that this stuff is over, and it, and I think it's already clear that KU's recruiting has been positively impacted by the fact that it's wrapping up. Now that it's actually over, who's to say that? What if KU goes out and wins two or three more national championships in the next ten years? Then really, who cares, yeah. right? Then seriously, who cares? Yeah, no, that's a good point. And uh, who knows? Maybe this makes for an angry Bill Self, an angry KU team this year, and uh, scorched earth could end up happening. So uh, we'll we'll get to plenty more IARP talk throughout the show. We have that Bill Self, Travis Goff press conference that we'll bring to you live at 4 o'clock here on RCST. We might get into, uh, if we have time, the Arterio Morris affidavit, some bad stuff in that. Uh, Florida Man Mad Libs to to, kind of cleanse the palate in the 5 o'clock hour. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. Let's get to that IARP Q&A press conference audio coming up on the other side. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. This is KLWN, KLWN KLWN.com, or the KLWN app. Depend on it. Unequivocally confirms that our coaches were not involved nor had knowledge of payments to student-athletes. While doing our due diligence throughout this process, we did acknowledge lesser infractions for which we have self-imposed penalties, if you'll recall from last fall. And regarding the additional penalties announced in today's decision, we accept those and we'll move forward. Significant resources, energy, time have been given into this process and it put a great deal of stress on our leadership team, our coaches, our student athletes to ultimately get to this outcome today. And I wanna be clear that we continue to stand firmly and believe firmly in our compliance program at the University of Kansas and our compliance staff. And we'll continue to invest in and support that incredible team as we move forward. I'm also very, very proud of the character and integrity in which our coaches and staff operate, including and and even highlighting our men's basketball program, Coach Self, Coach Townsend, the entire entire staff around them. Uh, There's a culture of compliance that really is firmly ingrained in our entire department and certainly in our men's basketball program. I want to express sincerest gratitude to Chancellor Gerard for his unwavering support and leadership throughout this and to Coach Self for his leadership and the way in which he's handled, uh, at times, certainly difficult process. 
um, and his leadership of the very best basketball program in the country. Coach Self's always had our full trust and confidence in how he runs his program that has never wavered and it, and it will not certainly going forward. Uh, we're excited to turn the page. We feel really good about all the, uh, the things that are going on within the department, the momentum, certainly the upcoming season with this uh, preseason number one men's basketball program. And we know our fans feel that culture and that excitement. And I'll just conclude, conclude by emphasizing this point that we do things the right way at the University of Kansas, and that will continue to be a hallmark as we move ahead. Hey, y'all. Hope everybody's well today. Uh, uh, I'd like to comment on the back of what Travis has said. Uh, I'd, I'd first like to start by thanking the IRP for their professionalism and the fair review of the facts throughout this entire process. I also want to make sure I express my sincere gratitude to Chancellor Gerard and to Travis Goff for their support, leadership, and alignment that exist within our university and our athletic department. And I'm very, very proud to be the head basketball coach here. As Travis said today, as Travis just said, today is a good day for Kansas basketball. And the findings that the panel found reiterate that our staff acted with integrity and honesty and had no knowledge of payments to student athletes. While this has been a very long process, I'm appreciative that it has ended and where it has ended, and I am eager to move forward without this cloud hovering above our program. Hey, Coach, uh, Shea Wildeboard, JayhawksLand.com. You, you said all along for, for, for many years that when this was all said and done, that, that, that story would come true. How does it feel today? Are you happy with how it all played out and um, now that it's over? Uh, yeah, I'm very happy that it's over. Uh, I, I'm, I'm certainly uh, happy with the end results and at the same time uh, uh, don't feel – like a celebration mode because this is exactly what we thought the end result would be years ago and it's taken such a long period of time to get here. But I, I, I am pleased with the findings because the findings are accurate. Travis, Henry Greenstein, Warren's Journal World. You mentioned the self-imposed penalties. Now that the case is concluded, I wanted to ask what went into the decisions of selecting those penalties as well as the juncture at which you imposed them? I think if, when you rewind back, probably, gosh, it's been 15, 16, 17 months ago when we were discussing at that juncture going into the fall uh, whether or not to self-impose. Um, I think it was a lot of it was in the spirit of just wanting to move forward, wanting to have finality to this. I think that was an anchor of those discussions. And we used some of the guidelines the NCAA provides in terms of penalties to help align with where we landed with our self-imposed penalties and it feels as if they were probably on the um, heavier end of things but we were willing to do so in order to give everyone the best chance to move forward. Mick Schaefer, KSHB 41. Coach, did you feel like the, um, the vacated wins, the banner, the streak, all the stuff that goes along with that, did you expect that and, and do you feel like that was fair? Uh, I actually did feel like it was fair, and I actually felt like it should have been done. Uh, uh, 
by the rule, uh, we had a player participate while ineligible due to an illicit payment that we knew nothing about, but it was still he was still ineligible while participating. So the 15 wins that uh, occurred while Silvio participated in the 2018, he didn't, he didn't play in 17, but the 2018 uh, spring semester, uh, 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 I believe are warranted to be taken away because that is the rule. And if you take away the wins, you naturally take away a banner uh, uh, because the banner wouldn't have existed without the wins. Well, I haven't talked to anyone uh, uh, how that works, but it will. I'm sure maintenance will take care of that for us. But 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 that 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 was something that uh, uh, was imposed today. That was ex that I certainly expected. For both of you guys, what does it say about the NCAA and this whole period that they went through? We had some schools they put the hammer down for seemingly nothing, and then others. Can you talk about the inconsistency and what this did to college athletics? I'll, I'll, Go ahead. I, I, I'm not going to speak to, uh, Neil, what's happened at other schools. All I can speak to is what happened and did not happen at the University of Kansas. And certainly uh, we've held true to our initial statements on, on, on what we thought uh, uh, did or did not transpire. So, so uh, and I'm not going to speak to the NCAA. I'll let, I'll let Travis do that, but this this was a, a certainly a long process. That that uh, uh, six years seems a long time to get to this point, and we're not the only school that endured this long process, as you know. I just would add to that that when you look at the IR, IARP cases of the last couple years, that there's a, a degree of consistency with how those were approached in that objective outside lens that they apply to the each of those cases Bill, you know, when you guys did do this the self-imposed penalties particularly the suspension you couldn't comment on the time because this was ongoing right i'm just wondering you know from the outside it seems like when you do have self-imposed penalties that does imply at least some measure of guilt what what do you think you guys could have done differently uh, i don't think it implies a measure of guilt at all uh, what I think it implies is we were doing everything possible to move forward and put this behind us and at the same time doing what was in the best interest of our present student-athletes and future student-athletes to make sure they were not impacted in any negative way whatsoever. Uh, uh, um, I was okay with the self-impositions because as the leader of this program and the head coach, it's my responsibility to protect, preserve, look after our present student athletes and future student athletes in a way that it doesn't impact uh, their experience in any, in any way, shape, or form negatively at the University of Kansas. And so in order to do that, the, the talks and the self-impositions was a way to make sure or to give us a better chance that that occurred. And just what have the past six years been like? Well, there's been some good times in the past six years. Uh, uh, you know, the thing, the thing about it is in, in, in my coaching journey, uh, uh, I've had a lot of good. And I've had far more good than not good. But you understand as a coach, 
you can't expect for it always to be good. And you deal with the things that aren't so good. I've said this many times. I love my profession. And I would not be, I would, I would rather be doing this and impacting youth than any other thing I could possibly do uh, 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 with my time. So it sucked. But over a course of 35 years, don't you expect to have some periods of time that aren't that great? And so uh, uh, I think that myself and my staff have handled it very maturely, to be honest with you. And we've dealt with this in a way that we're going to go through this. This is how it is in the short term. It won't last forever, but it's not an excuse to impact how we do our job. Coach, I'm, I'm wondering just from a recruiting standpoint, six years, how impactful could today's decision be or potentially be moving forward? You know, Shay, I think uh, from a recruiting standpoint, there's no, there's no doubt this has impacted recruiting. Uh, uh, I'm not sure it's impacted recruiting recently as much as it was three or four years ago because the reality of it is I don't think this is as talked about today as what it was, you know, three or four years ago. So I, 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 I think, and, and, and my staff knows this, I think our recruiting will be impacted favorably, but I don't know if it'll be a huge impact because I think, I think my staff's still done a pretty good job in, in, in the, uh, the last uh, few years uh, 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 recruiting players that are difference makers here at the University of Kansas. Bill, I don't want you to go player by player or anything like that, but you've talked a lot about the impact on your kids. And I just wonder, with this group specifically, how happy you are they don't have to hear about this, but also over that time, all those guys that had to answer questions and have this hanging over, I mean, how happy are you for them too? Well, this group, we, we, we met with our group today uh, when we found out what was going on before we knew what the actual uh, 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 findings would be and told them uh, basically uh, uh, that we didn't know exactly what to expect. And to be honest with you, the vast majority that have been here know that we've been doing this for a while. Some of the players we have actually talked to about during the recruiting process, the young guys, that it doesn't register with them as far as being a, 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 a anything that could impact them. So because it was so long ago, some of these kids were in in, in uh, junior high or maybe the end of elementary school when 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 this started. So so uh, I don't I think the 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 players that impacted the most uh, were the ones you know in that. 19 and 20 or 21 season, but since then it, it, it doesn't it doesn't feel quite the same to me because it's been such a long time ago. Sure, and you you mentioned the maturity of your staff. How about those guys, those those players, and and how they handled it as well? They were asked a lot, obviously, um, not as much as you probably, but my staff. No, no, your players, those players that you were just talking about. Oh yeah, that. well, well, those 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 guys. Uh, uh, when when you when you uh, when you coach a group of of young men regardless of sport or, or young ladies, uh, the, you know, it becomes more than a team. It becomes a family. And so w w with, with a family, you deal with ups and you deal with downs. And this is something that we have dealt with, but we've been very straightforward and, and forthright and honest with our guys and, and where this is and how it could potentially impact them. And, and they've handled it like you would think uh, uh, mature young men would. So uh, uh, very, very proud of them. Uh, uh, because if, if, if you go back and look at it, this could be a cloud that you always have something in the back of your, of your mind thinking, well, what if? 
and they eliminate the what if and press forward. And I think we as a staff had done the same thing. My staff did the same thing as well. Travis, I know this predates you, but I'm wondering, has this case impacted at all the way you would have coaches interact with interests outside the university, not just Adidas, but like other people who are in that same sort of domain? Well, I think, uh, Henry, it, again, we've had a longstanding commitment to rules education, to compliance, and that's really truly been embedded in the culture and the fabric. Um, certainly when this uh, uh, case presented itself, this department, again, way before my arrival, did a lot of things to continue to enhance uh, the way it viewed, um, whether it be partners, sponsors, et cetera, et cetera. But it was just complementing things that were already in place. And so I think um, as the, the world of college athletics has evolved, we continue to keep compliance front and center. We've done so in, in NIL and in every other aspect. Um, and I don't think it's really had a profound change on how we've operated because we've already been at a really high level in that space. Bill, you've mentioned a cloud a couple times, the cloud of just this hanging over you. I wonder if you feel like at this point with the penalties that have been, I guess, enforced, it was the cloud more of a penalty than anything that you're actually you know, dealing uh, with I think that's point. a great question. I would say uh, uh, the unknown uh, 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 was, was probably as much of a penalty as anything, you know, going – going a, a period of time that we did with the unknown and not knowing how to address it or or how to attack it uh, 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 but uh, uh, I'll make one thing clear the, the 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 penalties that were imposed today were basically the vacation of wins uh, the the three years probation and, and, and the, uh, the other penalties that, that have been discussed were self-imposed penalties that we knew uh, 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 that we were going to deal with because we had self-imposed those before the ruling ever came out. Travis, could this happen again? And do you get the sense that maybe there's been so much change at the NCAA level? Do you think that with the changes that this – I mean, they drug your program through the mud for six years, and, and you're not the only one. Do you think that the process is going to be expedited so that this doesn't happen again? Well, I know that's one of the things they're looking at in particular as it relates to NIL is the enforcement process to ensure that um, in particular in these more egregious NIL inducement situations that they have a process that's a lot more efficient. So they're in the throes of, I think, building that out. I'm optimistic that it'll be a much improved, uh, much more efficient, much more timely exercise going forward. So I think that's one of the, the positives coming out of this long journey and, and uh, uh, putting a conclusion to the IARP segment of enforcement. And um, I think there's a chance for it to be better at the end of the day. And I think we're optimistic on that. We will have contributed to a better exercise, let's put it that way. Any more questions? I wondered, um, looking back, the three-day hearing, how important was that and how professional was the IARP? And when you left after that marathon, three days, how did you feel? The, it was incredibly important, Gary. The team, some of whom are here today, were exceptional in helping us prepare. We've got such a great team within athletics up on campus, um, certainly the legal team involved. So the significance of preparation, uh, the alignment, it was so important for us to be fully aligned going into that hearing, um, consistent with our approach. 
Uh, and that's how it played out over the course of those three days. And, and the IRP, I think, in particular, you asked about was incredibly professional and, and ran, I think, a, a really effective hearing over that time. You want to add to that? I, 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 I agree. I think uh, uh, in today's time, and not, not that I'm an expert on this, but having a, a, a group as aligned as we did under the leadership of, of our chancellor, uh, and I'm talking about uh, all the different legal teams and, and everybody that's being represented to go into that, I, I felt like that we, it was uh, very important and, and significant and certainly uh, uh, was done with great professionalism on all fronts. Welcome back in to KLWN with Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Uh, we don't normally open up the phone lines, but I'm actually I'm open to that right now. Uh, if, if you if you want to weigh in at all, whether it's, I don't know, bashing the NCAA or <laughs> saying how much you don't care that they took away 2018 because <laughs> you're going to remember it anyway. Or if it's, I don't know, your thoughts that you feel like uh, it ended up being a bigger punishment than you thought or whatever. whatever. Uh, you, you can hit us up on our phone line uh, right now. Um, our studio line here at KLWN Rock Truck Sports Talk is 785-843-1321. That's 785-843-1321. I'll have Nick watch the phones. And if you do want to weigh in your comments, you don't have to, but uh, feel free to give us a call. We, we just shared the, uh, the the Travis Goff and Bill Self press conference um, here for you. And as far as things that, that maybe stuck out, and uh, I guess this goes back to the IARP stuff, uh, we kind of talked about a little bit that, you know, from a short-term perspective, you don't have anything this year or moving forward in the future. That's yeah. good. But obviously from a, a record bookkeeping perspective, you lose some stuff there. And um, I, I thought it was interesting, Bill Stuff saying that, you know, it was fair that Kansas did have the 15 wins vacated while Sylvia DeSosa played. And yeah. he said that's the rule. He said he's okay with it. Do you go you by think, letter of the law, and I guess that makes yeah. sense. But do you, do you think that's what he fully does believe, or do you think that's just him, like, further um, just, I guess, moving on? Yeah, I don't situation? know. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I just wonder if there was any if there was any sort of fatigue, like especially on the part of Bill Self, of like whatever the punishment was, like okay, you know, whatever, fine. Because, dude, like when you've been fighting something for so long, right? Like, I mean, I don't remember what I did in 2017. You know, I gotta, you know, and you gotta remember <laughs> Again, all this that stuff. was David Beatty still coaching KU football, and he still had another year after 2017. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, it, it, listen, he was right by the letter of the law. What I actually thought was most interesting, though, is uh, he 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 reiterated and doubled down on the point that uh, this does not that the self-imposed everything, all that stuff, did not imply guilt. Yeah, so it still did not imply guilt on the part of of Ku at all. Uh, by the way, do you know what the number one song in 2017 was? Uh, dude, you know I'm still bad with music <laughs> trivia. Uh, Shape of You by Ed Sheeran. Ah. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good song. We were three years from even knowing what the pandemic was. Yeah. It was better times. Yeah. Much better times. Yeah. Um, now, he also said that the IRP case had a big impact on recruiting. Yeah. And he mentioned that it was bigger in terms of the impact at the beginning compared to the last few years. I think that adds up. Yeah, because he talked in the quote he had in there about telling the team about it. And he basically was like, you know, some of the kids were in junior high or middle school, basically. That age, that age is Bill Self still using the term junior high. Like, come on, Bill. Uh, but, you know, middle school when this all started to happen. So the younger guys, right, don't even really – I think Bill Self's exact, exact term was that it doesn't even register with them really about this whole situation because it's been so long. Yeah. 
And that's something we've talked about. Like, they've still obviously been able to land top-tier recruits, four-star guys, top-50 guys, even McDonald's All-Americans. Yeah. But the number maybe hasn't been quite as much. Maybe you've missed out on an extra kid here or there because of it, because of the negative recruiting that kind of comes against you as part of it. Um, they haven't landed the Josh Jackson, Andrew Wiggins, Joel Embiid, top-five type guys. Now, maybe you feel like you have one of those this upcoming year with Flory Badunga, uh, and that probably adds up with the timetable with all this, I'm, I'm sure, certainly. So uh, I just thought that was kind of interesting, kind of confirming what we said and um, obviously KU has been good enough with or without you know some of those top five guys yeah uh, but you want to take it to the next level and I continue to believe the best way to go about it is like that 2016-17 team where you had the five-star talent come in to be that game changer that Josh Jackson was but at the same point in time he wasn't being counted on to be the guy like with 2013-14 you had such a young team, and you were asking all those players to be the guy. But in 16-17, you had Frank Mason. You had Devontae Graham. You had other guys that, that you could kind of overcome that with, and yeah. now you figure to see their recruiting pick up, which kind of has already. And, uh, you know, tonight another chance to, to land another recruit because Rakeese Passmore is going to be committing tonight. This weekend, Liam McNeely is going to be uh, committing. That one doesn't seem like it's going to be Kansas, but who knows? Yep. Maybe it could be a surprise. Watch out, there. Mark Cuban. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, Mark <laughs> Mark Cuban versus David Booth, the uh, the recruiting story of 2023. That'll be the next uh, 30 for 30. Um, but yeah, some other, uh, I guess, I, I don't know, um, important or, or quotes that stood out as part of uh, what we just heard. Bill yeah. Self said, I'm very happy that it's over. I'm certainly happy with the end result. And at the same time, don't feel like a celebration mode because this is exactly what we thought the end result would be years ago. And it's taken such a long period of time to get here. I, I I guess the the more this went on, going back to the idea that Bill Self said like didn't admit guilt in that way, um, I think the more it goes on, the more you just are kind of like, I don't care what you have to do. Let's yeah. just move on. Yeah, you know? no, that that was honestly kind of the sense that I got from Bill Self was he was just kind of in a mode of just really like it like he said, really happy it's over, but and understanding of, of what was handed down, but just I think ready to 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 move on, right? And he had that long quote where he talked about how uh, he viewed it as, like, especially the self-imposed stuff of just making sure that continuing to ensure that this wasn't continuing to affect current student-athletes and potential student-athletes in the future, right? So basically trying to just make sure that it, that it doesn't continue to have those impacts. And that was part of the reason why they he said that they wanted to go with the self-imposed stuff and, and you know, so. But now that it's actually finally over, now you should be in the clear on that as well, so... Uh, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. And then and the other part that I thought was interesting was Travis Goff talking about somebody asked the question about expediting this process for the future going forward or could something like this happen again. Man, dude, in the NIL era, I just I don't see it happening, right? I mean, that that was probably my one of the biggest things that I had just had a hard time wrapping my head around is a lot of the stuff that KU was accused of that, you know, with like money and whatnot from I mean, think about it. We're talking five, five, six years ago, right? 2018, 2017 time period. If that stuff happened today, it's just another day in the office. I mean, mm -hmm. with NIL, it's all good. Like, nobody cares now. Uh, so I think that that really kind of clouded my vision of this whole process because I just kept going back to the thought of, man, you know, they're getting upset about a $200, you know, $200 given to somebody. And now these players are, are making, you know, seven figures in, in some cases, right? So... I don't know. I just I had a hard time kind of juxtaposing that with with the current time period of like this long drawn out investigation over you know we're talking 
literal drops in the bucket compared to what's happening now with players. And and, and I'm I'm for that, right? Like players, I, I've always been a guy who's thought that players should should have the ability to profit, right? If if universities and and TV companies and you know the ESPNs of the world are making millions and in some cases billions of dollars off of you know televising college athletics, student athletes should get should get a little bit of, should be able to to earn a little bit of a piece of that, right? And so I was always for that. That that's where that that just kind of I don't know, just made me feel weird about it because it's like you're going after. I mean, the Silvio stuff was over like a twenty five hundred twenty five hundred dollar payment. I think is what was reported. They talked about a two hundred dollar payment in the in the that long you know deposition and I don't know, man. Like that just I just have a really hard time wrapping my head around all that, considering where the college athletic lands college athletics landscape is now, because you're it's just I don't know, man. It's 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 hard, right? I mean, it just, it just, I, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I've had a hard, I've had a hard time wrapping my head around it. I'm having a hard time, kind yeah. of, uh, explaining it right now. But it just, that just that part, that was literally the constant thought running through my head as I was listening to this IARP press conference and, and even listening to Bill Self. Just like the thought of all this stuff that's that occurred that was being investigated. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter now. Like it, 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 this would be nothing. This is this is like I said. This is another day at the office now in 2023. Yeah, and again, like this is a direct quote as part of it. The unknown was probably as much of a penalty as anything going a period of time that we did with the unknown. And that was Bill Self, what he mentioned in that press conference. I mean, the negative recruiting that comes at you from other coaches, whether it's, you know, some of the the big coaches or uh, there are coaches in the Big 12. Now, not every coach does negative recruiting. Some coaches uh, maybe do it from more of a standpoint of you fit in better here because X, Y, or Z. Some coaches do flat out negatively recruit and are just like, you don't want to go there. They suck or they, they this or that. Like, I believe Scott Drew is very much like that. At Baylor, he's very much like a big negative recruiter. I, I'm sure he and, and other coaches across the country were using this to basically scare kids to be like, oh, you don't want to go there. They're going to get a postseason ban. Whether it was true or not, you want to inspire fear in a kid who's going to be a one and done. And, and you know, if they're only going to be at your school for one year, they don't want to be uh, or, or in a spot where they're like, well, what if I commit here and go here and then all of a sudden there's a postseason ban and I can't play in the NCAA tournament to, to showcase my talents and try to win a national championship the one year that I'm there. So uh, that no longer is applicable. You can no longer do that at other schools. They're going to have to pick other ways, dumb ways to try to negatively recruit <laughs> if you're going to want uh, to, to have that happen. Um, I did think this was kind of funny. He talked about when he uh, met with the team and um, – when, when they found out what was going on, that today was going to be, you know, the decision. Uh, but before they knew what the findings were going to be and what fully the punishments were going to be. And some of the younger players, he said, yeah. the case didn't even register with them exactly. as something that could impact them because some of them were in junior high or like yeah. an elementary school when this started. Yeah. And they and probably again, didn't junior even, high, yeah. that just ages Bill Self. Who, yeah, who says I junior guess. high anymore? Come on. Well, what do, what do you say? Middle school. Middle school, seventh and eighth grade, junior yeah. high. Yeah, I guess. Is junior, junior high, high still a thing? Where, I don't know. I, remember, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, it's just the same thing, but I people don't, people don't say that anymore. But yeah, I mean, it just shows you that a lot of these players, like, well, a, it's a, it's a good thing that the NCAA didn't give them a postseason ban because then you'd be punishing the kids who were in basically elementary school or middle school at that point. Yeah. But it also just shows you that um, recruiting also is such a what have you done for me lately game that it's so easy to even be like. Like right now, like all KU fans, it's like, oh, Mario Chalmers is great. If you tell a, if you tell a point guard recruit, like, 
We we coached Mario Chalmers and Teron Collins. At this point, for them, like, unless Who? you grew up a KU fan, they're just like, what? <laughs> what have you done in Formula A? I mean, that's like, oh, Devontae Graham. And they're like, oh, yeah. okay. You and know what I mean? Where I don't think Bill Self really, I think, I mean, he kind of alluded to this idea, but he didn't really say it in that. To that point, the longer this case dragged on, the less, the less negative impact maybe it necessarily had on recruiting compared to maybe back in uh, he actually he actually did say this specifically he said it affected the 28 19 2020 teams a little bit more because those those that was right in the aftermath of it and there was a lot of uncertainty like he like he said the unknown that maybe affected things a little bit more and but then I think it kind of got to the point and I think you and I probably feel the same way about this I mean it kind of got to the point where it was just like the NCAA is kind of a toothless organization. Like, mm-hmm. what are they, you know, the longer this drags on, what what are they really going to do, right? And so that's where you see maybe it didn't impact as much. Now, I'm sure it still did impact recruiting a little bit to some standpoint, but but obviously now it should be much more of a positive thing. And in a weird way, I think this kind of all ties back in with the the Bill Self health scare that he had uh, last, last year. Because now he, uh, you know, he came back and talked about how he felt really reinvigorated and everything. I mean, to me, this is something that I think would also reinvigorate you if you're Bill Self, right? To ha- to finally close this ch- this chapter, I guess, so to speak, of of investigations, and kind of have a chance now, if you're Bill Self, to look in the mirror and say, "I love what I do. I've got, you know, probably a good half a dozen to ten years more left, maybe of wanting to do it, and now I don't have to worry about this NCA stuff anymore." It's the era of NIL, so I shouldn't, you know, now it's it's more open in terms of what you can do to, to get student-athletes. Go out and, you know, enjoy the ride for the last six, seven, eight years. And whether that means, you know, win another national championship, win a, two more national championships, whatever, I feel like this is something that could easily reinvigorate Bill Self even more, right? So the combination of this ending plus the fact that he did have the health scare where he did kind of take some time away and realized, hey, man, not coaching stinks, is basically what he was saying. Uh, to now have this, now you now you have a chance to say, all right, kind of the have it. We have a chance here to 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 write even more history with with Kansas basketball, and to I mean, I, I it's not that Bill Self is not already considered the probably the greatest basketball coach in Kansas history and one of the top basketball coaches of all time in college basketball. Now you just have a chance to add to that, I guess, even more without without really fear of of anything more happening at least for the time being. Sure. All right, uh, we're going to take a timeout. We'll talk plenty more about this. Coming up next, though, the Arterio Morris uh, affidavit came out today. We're going to get to that on the other side. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Depend on it. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. This is KLWN, klwn.com, and the KLWN app. Uh, coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, we'll get to some more on the IARP stuff, and maybe we'll even talk a little bit about Rakeis Passmore, who's going to be committing Tonight in a little bit over an hour, and uh, KU kind of seen as the favorite there. We'll replay that uh, Bill Self-Travis Goff press conference for you later in the show in case you missed it. Uh, in addition to all the stuff that happened today, the Arteria Morris affidavit came out today. I don't know if there's anything to the notion of it being released today and um, that maybe it was going to be an easier day today for it to get kind of lost in the shuffle or if it just happened to come out today. Either way, it is uh, not good what comes out of this. Now, Terry Morris obviously has already been, you know, kicked off the basketball team. I know uh, Jordan Gusky mentioned that he is still enrolled at KU. So I don't know if that's just a, that huh. some, some sort of, I don't know, thing that, that 
dotting an I, crossing a T that hasn't, you know, happened yet that he's been kicked out. There's also today a report from some junior college uh, recruiting site that he's going to Garden City Community College. If so, if you're Garden City and you brought this kid on after what happened, after these stories that have come out that have have caused KU to kick him off, um, shame on you, Garden City. Shame on you. And uh, that I'm I'm not even joking. Like, that coaching staff should be fired. for knowing what you know and knowing what is out there and knowingly bringing them on at that point. So Garden City. Yeah, definitely a weird. That one's a weird If one. that's true, yeah, yikes. Okay, anyway, um, th- this is some stuff from the Kansas City Star article with uh, Shreyas Lada. I'm going to read a couple excerpts from the story. This won't be everything. Go check out the story yourself, kansascity.com. Uh, it says the affidavit, which oh, redacts. I was just going to say. Maybe yeah. some listener discretion advised here. There's some pretty yeah. serious stuff. In there. Yeah, that's a good thing, too. Yeah, uh, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, nothing like no bad words or anything, but definitely some uh, very... Just some details. Yes. Uh, the affidavit, which redacts the names of the victim and witnesses, alleges Morris raped the victim inside a room at McCarthy Hall, the KU men's basketball player's dorm. The affidavit alleges Morris pulled her onto his lap, quote, without consent after being told multiple times by the victim that she, quote, didn't want to do anything. The victim alleged that after she attempted, quote, to get off Morris, he pulled her back down, turned her over on her back, end quote, and eventually, quote, held her down by the neck, end quote, all while she both verbally told him to stop, quote, stop, this really hurts, she said and attempted to push Morris off of her. The affidavit alleges Morris told the victim, quote, you know you like it, end quote, while continuing to rape her. The victim eventually, quote, gave up, the affidavit said, and later told police she had, quote, hoped it would be over soon. I mean, this is, this is like chilling to read. It, it really yeah. is. Yeah. Um, quote, a few minutes after the incident, the victim, quote, disclosed what had happened, end quote, to two witnesses, quote, who were in a nearby bedroom, end quote, at McCarthy Hall, located just south of Allen Fieldhouse, the affidavit says. So basically, this is just me filling in gaps. I don't know this for sure, but obviously there were some of the basketball players were listed as witnesses. Kind of adds up that that would be the case here. Yeah. Maybe some of the basketball players were told what happened and. Maybe they worked it up the chain, up the ladder. I'll, I'll say this, and I think I said this earlier, but if if we find out, because I guess it'd be very I know, easy. I don't know that we will, but I don't know, I know that we will. I don't know that we will, and and everything. But I'm I'm just saying, like, um, it would be very easy as a teammate of somebody to be like, oh, I don't know what to do about this. I would have a lot of respect if if there is a KU basketball player, a couple of KU basketball players who, when they were told about this, they did something about it. And I I don't know if that's what happened. It kind of seems like that's what happened. Um, if so, lots of respect to, you know, whoever those players are. Uh, the affidavit alleges Morris told another person at McCarthy Hall on Octo- on August 26th, excuse me, that he, quote, stopped having sex with, end quote, the victim. Then later denied having sex with her at all. In a statement on August 30th, Morris told the KU Office of Civil Rights and Title IX that he was not alone with the victim at any point. So... Kind of what you have here based on these statements. You have three separate statements from Arteria Morris. Kind of tells you probably not somebody to be trusted. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because you got flip-flopping of statements and some definitely some holes as well right. in that. And, and so this brings yeah, up a couple things. Yeah. 
One, it brings up the idea of bringing him on to begin with. Brings up the idea of bringing him on to begin with that, obviously, I don't know, based on how this happened, you see somebody who is very comfortable lying about this situation and, and type of stuff that um, maybe from the KU perspective does allow them to play more into the idea of we vetted him, we asked him questions, and he answered them this way, and it made us feel comfortable, when in reality, he wasn't giving the full truth. And then you have the questions about, well, how much... How much does KU, I don't know, have, like, if they ask him about something that happened or about how a case is going to be handled and he says he's going to do one thing but ends up doing the other, you know, there's only so much KU can do about that, right? You're, you're taking him at his word. At the same point in time, based on the past and what's going on, should you be a little bit more questioning of those sort of things? And so um, Travis Goff, Bill Self, everybody's been very adamant throughout this whole process and, and since everything's come back that um, they've approached everything the right way, that they vetted the process correctly. That I think remains to be seen based on more and more of what comes out or maybe what doesn't come out here. I don't know if we're ever going to know the full process on, on what all went down there. I kind of refuse to believe that it was vetted fully and, and properly. Um, I feel like there probably were some things left out, but you know that's I mean, just kind of my opinion. Bill Self saying he was well vetted to me holds no merit. Anymore. Yeah. I mean, well-vetted on the basketball court, I'm sure. Yes. I'm sure he was well, very well scouted on the basketball court. No questions about that. Because, again, it's just, it's, I understand the idea of, I mean, you give somebody a second chance and hypothetically, like, uh, this could happen to any sports team who gives somebody a second chance that they do something worse, but... When you have a situation like this, and and it doesn't feel like, to me, it was vetted, you put not just this girl, this poor victim, who, again... The victim eventually gave up and later told the police she hoped it would be over soon. You know how sad that is? I'm having a daughter in a couple months. I don't know if this just hit me more because of that. I don't know if this hit me more just as a human being. I don't know what. But like that that is so like discouraging to hear, man. Um and so I yeah, you know, you you put that person at risk. You put the basketball team at risk. Yeah, we we talked about this a week or two ago. Like imagine if you're Johnny Furphy's parents and you send your kid over to another country 24 hours flight away and all of a sudden you see an article that gets sent to you. Poss- I'm not saying this would happen, but just like hypothetically imagine this. Um, you're his parents and all of a sudden, you know, some of your friends or I don't know, family sends you a story about like, hey, I saw Johnny, Johnny in this article about a rape that happened at the basketball dorm. And you're like, are you kidding me? Right. And stuff like that. It's just like, it just it puts a risk at that. It puts a risk of KU, and and it just goes back to the idea that your KU basketball, you you can pick and choose. They, this isn't this this wasn't something where it was about you know this or that. It was it was your KU basketball. You can yeah. pick and choose hey, who you want on your basketball. You're not team. Garden City Community College. No, and even then, like at that point, at this point not in a, the story, where it's like Arteria Morris could be going to jail for like double digit years, yeah. hypothetically, if the alleged stuff happened, and and we'll see how the court case go. Like, why are you doing that at Garden City? At least KU didn't do that. At least KU didn't. At least the first case with Arterio at Texas wasn't, you know, where where this one possibly is. I, I guess that that's something out of this. But yeah, I don't know. man, I don't I don't know. This, the, the uh, this thing bad about, look all around. The other thing about this is, you know, we just, I mean, we just played thirty minutes ago, uh, part of Bill Self's press conference where he talks about how, as the head basketball coach, he he. He's charged with you know protecting the current the current student athletes and ensuring that they don't have any negative experiences. To me, that the and, the and that rings a little hollow. Coming you know 
hours after this affidavit comes out about about this. You know, I mean, it just, it just brings a little hollow to me, and and I, I don't know, maybe I'm maybe I'm being too negative about it right now, but that's just that's just how I feel, right? I mean, maybe maybe they didn't fully know, and obviously you can't always know, but you got to you got to take some pride in in vetting your players and understanding what bringing in guys based on their backgrounds right i mean right and sometimes when you say like we vetted the process have you vetted it in a way that you actually get the answers to things you don't want to know or have you vetted it in a way that yeah i mean you're just comfortable hearing the answers you want to me there's either two real outcomes here which is either or two real scenarios where either one ku bill self the program put on rose-colored glasses and you know maybe just one wanted to believe whatever arterial Morris in his camp was telling them about how, you know, how he's repenting or whatever, or feels bad about the previous situation and maybe just bought, bought too much into that side of it and just wanted to believe it. Right. Either that or two, they willfully recognized, Hey, this dude is, is a risk and is not stable off the court, but just because of what we see on the court, we're going to bring him in anyways. Right. And uh, the second scenario is certainly a lot more scary than the first. But both scenarios, I think, don't really reflect very well back on the program because either you were basically willfully ignorant of of what was going on and just kind of, you know, oh, put on the rose-colored glasses. This guy's a great basketball player. You know, we're Kansas. We can fix him. We can, you know, give him a second chance. Everything will be fine. Or two, you just went and said, you know what, Dan- to hell with everything else. I want the best basketball players. Who cares what they did in the past? I don't care. I want I want the best basketball players on this team. And then that that obviously blew up. So both scenarios don't look great. And now if you're Kansas, and, and again, the other thing that frustrates me is you you're gonna be a top three team in the country regardless. You know, this is not a player that, that you need on your team. So and that's that's evidenced by the fact that he's no longer on your team. And guess what? None of the preseason rankings or preseason projections have changed at all. So that that really uh, frustrates me. Well, crazy off-the-court day, to say the least here. Uh, All right, we'll get more into the IARP stuff coming up with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Two hours down, one to go. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Depend on it. Five o'clock hour, you're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. This is KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Been a show filled with uh, IARP talk today because the IARP is officially dead and they made their final decision. <laughs> that is uh, sad. I mean, how many times are you in a situation where, like, whatever your last thing is that you're going to do, you're just not going to exist after that? No, it's not very often at all. In fact, I can't really think of another. <laughs> I can't think of another scenario where that would be the case. Is it like playing in a Super Bowl knowing like, you're going to retire yeah, at the end of the say, game? Unless it's like Ray Lewis? you know you're going to retire after, you know, whatever, right? But, but the difference is, like, here, they knew they were going to be done, but they could stretch it out as long as they wanted. They could have kept going. Yeah, I'm surprised nobody they didn't t- try nobody- to get a couple extra paychecks. Out. No, that's that's what what I'm saying. Nobody been, told them know? they had to stop. Yeah. It's like George Costanza and Seinfeld. He just like keeps working <laughs> yeah, at the job. He just keeps showing up. He just keeps yeah. showing up. Like, what are you doing here? <laughs> it's like, hey, we haven't finished our case yet. Yeah. What do you mean, what are we doing here? Um, but no, I, I mean, the the end of the day, like uh, we, we keep mentioning this, but basically the, the big thing is with the punishments – uh, there are no new suspensions for any of the coaches. There are no new fines outside of what they already self-imposed. Same with the suspensions. And, um, you know, honestly, some of the the things they knocked down from, like, level one to level twos and level threes, uh, I, I almost wonder if, like, they over 
self-imposed some some certain suspensions. Travis Goff mentioned that you know they felt like they were on the harsher side of some of the punishments. I think that was intentional. I think that was intentional to try to speed up the process and uh, make sure that what came their way was going to be a little bit lighter from the punishments perspective. And you know, obviously, no postseason ban. That's the big one there. That's the one that most people wanted to avoid, and they did end up avoiding. So that is a positive for KU. We don't have to worry about because. That that's one thing where I've always wondered this. If a team gets a postseason ban, like, could you hypothetically, as a business, if you were like a bar or restaurant in Lawrence, okay, or us even, like we make more money when as a radio station when KU's in the NCAA tournament, okay, as a bar or restaurant, you make more money when they're in the NCAA tournament. Could you hypothetically sue the NCAA and be like, you took away business money from us? How would that work? I I, I don't know. Oh, we don't we have would, to worry about we it. We would need a lot more lawyers, I think, that we probably can't afford. I guess so. Honestly, remember, though, remember when that was the talk, when when this stuff first came out? People were like, Bill Self and KU are going to sue the NCAA if well, they give see, them a postseason uh, ban. Did you see Oklahoma State's response? No. So this, this is from Oklahoma State Athletics' official Twitter. They said, we agree, as we stated at the time, that the NCAA should be intentional in prescribing penalties that do not negatively impact student-athletes, including bans from postseason play for violations that occurred years prior. It is good to see the NCAA make decisions with this intent, even if it was too late to help us. Mm, I love that statement from them because they <laughs> they definitely got screwed out of all this. I mean, it, it they goes back to the NCAA. It goes back, yeah. As I was saying, it goes back to the idea of trying to play nice and say, "Yeah, you know, here's what happened," and then here comes the hammer versus KU, who, which, if you think about it, let's look at it this way. Do you think if KU would have just, you know, did the, gone the Oklahoma State route and basically complied and said, you know, yada, 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 whatever, yes, whatever, two questions here. One, do you think this process would have been ended way sooner? And two, do you think KU would have gotten, I guess, you know, postseason bans or whatever? Okay, so the first question, yes, it 100% would have ended way sooner. So basically the question is, let's just go back in time here. If you're KU... Would you, I guess the question would be, based on the penalties you got now, which was vacated 2018, whatever, yada, 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 would you rather have this, or and it takes six years, or would you rather maybe have had a situation where you get banned from the banned from the postseason in 2019, but then it's over? No, you would have rather this, I think is the answer. And, and yes, even though you wish it would have been a lot sooner, and hypothetically if you did what but Oklahoma see, State did. Well, I'm just curious, because like, I think from the Kate perspective, I agree with you, yes, but that's because of the brand that KU has, of the staying power that KU has, of the fact that Bill Self is your coach. I don't know, man. If you're in Oklahoma State, maybe, I mean, a, a six-year investigation that just is constantly dogging your program, if you're not a blue-blood-type program, that may actually have been worse over the, in, in the long term. I see right? what you're saying. Oh, you what I'm so saying? you're saying from the Oklahoma State perspective. Or just I from were... the, the, the perspective of, of any program that is not a blue blood. That is not. That does not have the staying power. That does not have the Hall of Fame coach, the incredible, incredible fan base, the donors to back it up to, to mm-hmm. keep it afloat. Right? I mean, a, a six year long investigation into your program that that could that could legitimately like cripple a smaller program. I think. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? It definitely could, um, because all the uh, things that KU had to deal with in, in negative recruiting and, and dealing with that. Um, to your point, KU is still a big enough brand that you still can get exactly. McDonald's All-Americans. It did, yeah, it, di- it didn't really affect... Right, it maybe, really maybe it matter. cost you a couple of McDonald's All-Americans here or there. Maybe it cost you but a Jeremiah Robinson Earl or something. Think about but, this. In the in the process of the six years, mm-hmm. you go to two, ton- two Final Fours. Well, I guess in the NCAA, only one, 
right? You go to a national, you won the national I, for championship. For what it's worth, I will keep referencing that they did make the final. <laughs> like whenever we reference 2018, I'll be like the 2018 Final Four team. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. That's it's not going to change how I talk about it. Uh, that's an interesting tidbit for RCST trivia. Gosh, how do we approach it? Is it not? Do you do you say twenty eighteen Final Four team or do you say twenty eighteen team? We should sue the NCAA because they're <laughs> making us do more work out of this. No, honestly, what we'll have to do is be like in the twenty eighteen Elite Eight game that was later vacated. Yeah, Malik Newman went for or well, and now X if player any, went for thirty points. If you ask whatever, any right? questions related to Bill Self's all time wins, how does that work? Well, I know there's a lot of weird repercussions out of all this. Like the Bill Self all times win. We talked earlier, like. If he was at so, a mile, I forget what he's at at KU. What if this he, puts him like below a certain milestone, whether it's Fog Allen or like a, a certain number? Yeah, so where I we have to re-celebrate it now. I saw some tweets. I think Fog Allen was at 590. Okay. And Bill Self with the vacated wins. He wasn't actually past him yet, I don't think. He was going to pass him. Oh, okay. But well, I guess he was really close. But he's now, I think with the vacated wins, Bill Self is now at 565. So he was like 10 wins away, and now he's like 25 or whatever. However many wins. Mm-hmm. I'm not really totally sure. So, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. But also, you have to take the banner down. You have to give the trophies back for that. Uh, Udoka Azabuke technically has not... I don't know. On one hand, he technically hasn't played an NCAA game, but on the other hand, he has. Because there was we, we read earlier that it said this does not affect like any player's individual like awards or what they accomplished. So, for instance... KU's six NCAA or or five NCAA tournament games that year in 2018 are all vacated. Their four wins that year in the NCAA tournament vacated. But Devontae Graham's career numbers for the career points and assists that he scored, Devontae Graham's first team All American, uh, Malik those Newman's, all still count, right? Malik Newman's uh, Final Four MOP, like those all still count. Those players still have. So that. wait, 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 wait. You're telling me that Malik Newman has a Final <laughs> Four MOP for a Final Four that. KU technically didn't wasn't in. Yes, correct. Or whatever. Yes. <laughs> I I believe that's how I'm reading that correctly. Because again, it said that, you know, all the players get to, to keep that stuff. So that's kind of interesting, which technically means the individual stats of Yudoka Azabuki count. Still count, but the games don't. Which so means he technically play? he has never played an NCAA tournament game, but also he has put up stats in NCAA <laughs> tournaments. Kind of makes it tough, right? That is yeah, well, like for instance, I'm pretty tough. sure uh, to that point, I'm pretty sure Luke Hancock is still recognized as the Final Four MOP for Louisville in 2013, but Louisville is not referenced. Mm. Okay, okay. Now, when I'm looking back, this is actually a, an article that was posted on NCAA.com, and this is Final Four most outstanding but see, players. But no, but if you remember right, in the long 162 page thing. I don't know, deposition, is that the right word? Uh, uh, findings? Yeah. Sure, certainly whatever. not an article. It yeah. feels like the, I don't know, okay. Anyways, in that long thing, they say that any reference, it will be taken down. So they probably just haven't gotten to that yet. Because presumably they just I guess, maybe no, started. no, this was my point. Louisville, which has already gone through this stuff, had the 2013 national title vacated. Okay. It's still on here that it says Louisville. It just has an asterisk on it. What would you rather have? Would you rather just be blank, or would you rather have your name with the asterisk? I asterisk. think the name with the asterisk. Absolutely. No, not how everybody's going mean, to scroll down. How and many read. times have you seen something with an asterisk next to it and been like, "Oh, what's this asterisk? Let <laughs> me dive down into this," and then been like, "Wait yeah. a second, that totally changes my opinion." No, no. 
You just look at it like, oh, there's an asterisk there. And then yeah. you go to the next one. And even if I did read it, I'd be like, oh, I don't really care. Whether the NCAA, <laughs> their opinion means nothing to me. So it's whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's some weird stuff that, that's going to be uh, repercussions of all this. I don't, I don't know how we approach that with Udoka Azubuki and uh, RCST trivia. Uh, RCST so I guess, trivia now. I know. It becomes be... uh, more complicated. More difficult, maybe. Yeah. Um, how would you grade it? If you were sitting in Travis Goff's chair today or Bill Selfs or whoever, how would you grade this ruling in terms of what you wanted to come out of it, on a you can give a one to ten, you can give a letter grade, whatever. I think based off Bill Self's comments, you probably give it a an A. I mean, because he said in his comment in his press conference, "Hey, I thought that that I, I expected basically to have the wins vacated, and I expected all that because of like so if Bill Self was going into this expecting that stuff to happen, and that's all that happened, how could you not view it as an A from his perspective?" So if he if he in his press conference yeah. he literally said, "I thought or I kind of knew that the Silvio stuff was going to happen that the, the those wins were going to get vacated because by letter of the law they should have been right." He said okay. that. He said, "I knew that." Okay, so now, if give me a grade from your perspective the then, because you didn't know that beforehand. So what would your grade be? <laughs> My grade would be like a, I mean, there was some punishment, so it's hard for me to give it an A. Yeah. So I'd say B. B I was going to say I was going to say B or B plus because again it it does stink like. It is like such a this nuanced. is a situation where the only thing that mattered was the postseason ban. I think, right? That was that's the thing my, that mattered that's my, most. That's my that was the thing that mattered most. One hundred percent. I mean, that's the only thing that mattered. But you know what does stink out of this? So it was for me. It was either going to be an F if you got right. the postseason ban or a B. Well, part of the reason that the postseason ban would have stunk is because obviously it would have you're prevented you from an international title, and, and you're supposed you, to be the best team. And but you always have great teams. So any year but you got a postseason. This year you're supposed to be particularly sure. have one of. The, I sure. mean, you know, there's been years where it's like you were a top. 15 team, and you ended up being a two seed. But no, this year you're a top sure. four team, top three team. But the other reason that the postseason ban would have stunk is because it would have ended your NCAA tournament streak. But that's what stinks about the 2018 part of this. Is that that technically did. It did. So the streak goes from then 1990 to 2017. Yeah. And then now you have a new NCAA tournament streak from 2019 through now, which I believe would be four tournaments because there wasn't one in 2020, so it would have been five. But I guess it's technically four, and maybe yeah. that doesn't really matter that much, you know. Spin zone. You just say that the COVID when the tournament was canceled ended the streak. <laughs> that's why. That's why. Yeah. No, I mean maybe that stuff doesn't matter that much. Maybe that doesn't matter that much that when you look at the end of the day, when you look at the final four charts, that Kansas will have one less now if you compare them to some of the other blue bloods. But I don't know. Sometimes it kind of does, and it's kind of cool when when you have your NCAA selection show and they show the graphic that says, "Oh yeah, Kansas has the most consecutive tournaments." And, and now you're not going to be on there. No, that, I love that kind of stinks because it'd be like Kansas, and then you know, like a gap of like four right. or five years, and then Michigan State, and you know, and whoever. Duke, and whoever else. Yeah. So that that does kind of stink. But at, at the same point in time, like we all know it happened. We all know 2018 happened. It's yeah. not going to take away your memories from. If you were in Omaha for when KU beat Duke, or if you were watching on TV, or if you stormed Mass that day, or if you enjoyed it with some of your friends, or uh, the feeling you had when Malik Newman was making every single shot imaginable against Duke, or um, when, I don't know, Kansas was throwing down ridiculous uh, alley-oop dunks uh, against Clemson in the Sweet 16. You know, it's not going to take away any of that. And it's also not going to take away the sting of losing in the Final Four to Villanova. Like, if Kansas would have won the title that year, that would suck. It, I mean, it would, but that still, would like, suck. it wouldn't take away the memories. It wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. In the same way that Louisville, it, it doesn't take away. Like, when I think back. Yeah, I don't know. But, like. When you tell me who won the 2013 national title, you, I still think Louisville. Forcing forcing KU to take down a 2018 Final Four banner, that feels way better 
than if they had won the national title and saying you got to take the national title. No, and I, I still think it'd be really funny if instead of having a a uh, banner unveiling, they did a banner veiling and they either I mean, the whited it out. The here is that or, it's good that KU didn't win the national title in 2018. I guess so. It's a good thing. Yeah. Well, and and of course, you know, uh, DeAndre Ayton, who was a part of all this, and Zion Williamson, who was a part of all this. Like, hey, did those guys Arizona- win national titles? <laughs> well, no. no. Zion Williamson, he lost to nobody. He didn't. He lost to a ghost team. <laughs> yeah. Right. I guess. Is there more solace in all this with how it ended with the Villanova game? Does that make this easier to comprehend? I think so. Yeah. You think so? I think like, so. even if they would have lost. Well, on like a, a close game in the final four, that would have made it maybe a little more difficult. Uh, maybe I don't know. It's just it was it was such an abrupt way to finish the season. How mad is Bruce Weber right now? <laughs> I think there are probably a lot of people mad um, at the nearby fan bases, just in general. You know, that just <laughs> comes with the territory, though. But there there are real, you know, punishments here. That 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 is a real punishment to lose a final four. Oh yeah, Missouri yeah. doesn't have a final four. Imagine oh, exactly, if, yeah. You know, like if you, if you imagine had, no, Missouri if, made a final four and then had, got vacated. If, right? yeah, exactly. If you only had one final four in your entire program history and the NCAA was like, nah, nah, <laughs> that, that didn't happen. Sorry, nah. Yeah. That would actually suck a lot. Yeah. If it was the only one. But yeah, I, I would give this a B as well, because you avoided the big thing, like you said. You avoided the postseason ban. You avoided more suspensions to your coaches. Like that's all good that you didn't have that. You avoided more scholarship losses. From the current and the future. It's an A plus. It's just, you yeah. know, that's that's unfortunate uh, about what that does, and you fall behind Kentucky in the overall uh, win column. Let me ask you this: Would you do it all over again if you were, if you were, I don't know, you were given a time machine, and you had the opportunity to go back in time in 2017 or 2018, whenever this happened, okay. and you had the opportunity to be presented in front of Bill Self and and tell him everything that was going to happen and that they were going to lose this or that if he doesn't do this or that. And that basically it comes down to, let's, I, I don't know, maybe maybe let's just go back in time and you're Bill Self. Okay. And you have the opportunity, knowing what's going to happen in 2023, to either play Silvio DeSosa and say, I don't care, we're going we're gonna to have awesome memories, we're going to beat Duke in an Elite Eight, we're going to make a Final Four, even stuff, though the banner's not going to stick. that could have still happened without Silvio. But that's the question. Could it have? I don't I know. Think- Probably. He was the, what? He had like 10 rebounds. He was awesome against Wendell Carter and Marvin Bagley. Yeah. Doak was still injured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to say that you would have. And also, who knows? Maybe without Sylvia, you don't win the Big 12 tournament. And maybe you get a different seed, different path. And, and who knows how all that affects things. But knowing it in hindsight, it basically, this is the this is the trade-off I'm asking you. Would you take this trade-off where we're at now, knowing that you have those memories, okay. but this is the repercussion, or would you have preferred to say lose in the Sweet 16, but play it clean, and none of this well, would be happening? I would almost say, honestly, I'd almost say just play it clean. Don't play Silvio. Because think about it. If that happens, I think the, the repercussions of that would be that maybe in 2019 or you get you know, you get a couple of recruits that you didn't get or whatever, and you end up, you could even be even more successful. I mean, right? I mean, would you basically would you trade that off for not getting... Blasted by Auburn or blasted by USC. Well, to your like point, maybe you maybe maybe you make great runs in the in those years because you're not yeah. tarnished by it at all. No, I mean you you might have some other players. You might have some guys that end up going to other schools. You know, like Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Like maybe that played into that one there. But then again, 
if you're going into that situation, if you're going into the, well, this affects that path, which affects that path, <laughs> then couldn't that hypothetically affect some of the players they recruited that got on their team for the team that won the title in 2021-22? And then maybe they would have had different players and maybe no, they wouldn't have won a title. Because you probably, you still would have Oates. You still would have Christian Brown. I'm maybe. Sure. What do you mean, maybe? What if you would have been... Dude, like, Oach was a, was a guy that, you know, that was a throwaway, basically. Okay, that's my point. What if, basically, Kansas, because of this, would have been like, oh, we got this top five recruit in the country, we don't have room for Ochag Baji. You know, what if this actually worked out in the end for Man, KU? I, I don't know. Dude, I don't... I mean, now you're talking just, like, insane butterfly effect stuff. <laughs> of course. I mean, I, I don't know. That's kind of the fun of this. Yeah, but um, I... No, but I would almost say... I would almost say to Bill Self, if I had the opportunity to go back to, you know, whatever, just say, hey, listen, man. That Silvio guy, just wait until he, you know, just just don't play him. Okay. Just don't play him. I would. Look, he got cleared eventually, right? So you just sure. don't. So the issue here is that you didn't, you, you, that you played him in 2018. So I just, I would just go into, hey, Bill, don't play him in 2018. And then you can do whatever you want. I don't care. The memories to me are worth it. Beating Duke in an Elite Eight, such a fun game. That was such a fun ride for that team. It was. From the Big 12. Oh, that was it. From March yeah. Malik Newman. Just, yeah. I mean, laser beams out of his, out of his arm shooting the. Uh, I, I no, think I it's worth it. it. I get it. I think it's worth it. But I don't know. Maybe. Again, you can you could argue butterfly effect on that all day long about you, could. Uh, you know, you get different recruits, you go different ways. Maybe again, maybe maybe KU ends up winning three national titles in this span. Where, you know, I I mean I guess the COVID would have happened regardless, but you felt pretty good about winning that one. But maybe you win in twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen, or maybe, you know, you get some different recruits and you win whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Twenty twenty one. All right. Uh we're gonna take a timeout. More talk about this. Might get into a little Rakeese Passmore. He's uh, committing in a little over half an hour and seems like KU's the favorite. We'll get to that on the other side with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Depend on it. Well, that's it. If you're listening on our podcast side, thanks for tuning in. Please give us a positive review if your platform allows you to do so, as you can find the show anywhere you get your podcasts with the best of RCST podcast. If you do have any questions for the show, whether it's for a mailbag, just something you think that would be fun to talk about, you can reach out to us on our Twitter page at RCST1320. You can also email us if you don't have Twitter, RCST1320AM at gmail.com. That's RCST1320AM at gmail.com. And if you want to listen live, 3 to 6 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday on KLWN, KLWN.com and the KLWN app. Have a good rest of your day and see you next podcast.